Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Every prisoner set free. People would have a, a new start, a new beginning. It was in the book of Deuteronomy. It was there in Leviticus. It was there in the Word. But not once did they ever follow through on that. But here was Messiah. And says, I'm here to proclaim that year of freedom. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. In the Old Testament, the Lord commanded that the debts would be forgiven and slaves would be set free every 50 years. Unfortunately, Israel was not always faithful to obey this commandment. Pastor Ed teaches us today that the Lord took matters into His own hands when He sent His Son on earth to die for us. Through Christ's sacrificial death, a jubilee was declared for God's people. All of our debts have been paid, and we have been set free from the bonds of sin and death. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message entitled, Acceptance to Rejection. It's a very familiar text in the Gospel of St. Luke, one that uh, is often preached on in churches. How does Jesus get such a warm reception? And then there's a reversal where they were willing to welcome him And then something he said made them want to kill him. Ready to welcome him. And then there's a great reversal when they're ready to kill him. In Luke chapter 4, let me give you the setting. It's about a year into the ministry of Jesus. He's coming home. He's going to speak in the place where he grew up. Speak to familiar faces, old friends, in familiar setting. The synagogue that he worshipped in as a child. Verse 14 of chapter 4. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he stops right there, doesn't finish the passage. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They said, Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we have heard you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, he continued. No prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. When the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up drove him out of the town, took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him down the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. It's an amazing story. Turned from acceptance to rejection. How does that happen? In so short a space of time, finally, he's coming home. Mary told the neighbors, the friends, Jesus is coming. He's been performing miracles, you know. In, in Cana of Galilee, he turned water into wine. And do you know, at his word, A nobleman's son was immediately healed. His reputation began coming back to Nazareth. Hometown boy makes good. Well, maybe he could wipe the stigma away from Nazareth. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Well, finally, we have a prophet. The town was abuzz with the excitement. Here was Jesus, the one who was performing miracles, the one who was speaking in synagogue after synagogue in Galilee, and they're talking about his gracious preaching. That Sabbath, the synagogue was packed. His own family, they were there, brothers, sisters, 
Mary. Neighbors. Oh, as Jesus came back into Nazareth, a thousand memories flooded his mind. Playmates that he grew up with. Familiar surroundings. Uh, there in the congregation, uh, someone said, I have the table that he made in the carpenter shop. Uh, that's the table we use. Uh, I, I have a set of chairs that, that he made. Yes, here he is. The service began as a Jewish service would begin. They began with prayer. They sang from the book of Psalms. They read liturgical scripture and benedictions, and they read the Pentateuch, portions of it that were prescribed to be read at that time of the year. And then they hand the scroll to Jesus in reverence for the word. He stands up and reads the scriptures. Then he sits down to teach. Yes, it's different than today. You sit down and I stand. But back then, they stood and the preacher sit, sat down. Would you like to try that? <laughs> but Jesus stood up, read the scripture. He goes back to a familiar passage of Scripture. Every Jew knew that this spoke of Messiah. Every Jew knew that this was the promised Messiah. Listen to verse 22. You see his gracious reception. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. He sat down and he taught them. Uh, Jesus is coming home. The text says everyone praised him. And then it says, as was his custom, he went to the synagogue. It wasn't an anomaly to see Jesus in the house of God on the Sabbath. No, not that he agreed with everything said in the synagogue. Many times he heard things and said, well, they don't have it right. That doesn't reflect the Father's heart. Uh, many times he, he was grieved at how they were stuck in their traditions and rituals and were missing what God was saying. But as was his custom, he didn't miss service in the house of God. Now it was his time to preach, to speak. I just... Uh, Love the message that he brings home to them. Jesus was coming home in areas, and he brings home a message to them. Uh, look at the text once again. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, the recovery of sight 
for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He stops there because it's not a time for judgment, but a time for jubilee, a time for rejoicing, a time for joy. He says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What is he referring to? He's referring to something that they never did in the Old Testament, even though it was in Scripture. Moses proclaimed every 50 years, it would be a year of jubilee. Every debt would be canceled. Every prisoner set free. People would have a a new start, a new beginning. It was in the book of Deuteronomy. It was there in Leviticus. It was there in the Word. But not once did they ever follow through on that. But here was Messiah. And says, I'm here to proclaim that year of freedom. Listen to his gracious words. In that congregation, I'm sure there were widows. I'm sure Nazareth, being the type of community it was, didn't have, well, had a lot of poor folk there. And so they heard his words. The poor, the prisoner, the blind, the oppressed, Good news for these people. Uh, The poor. You know, Jesus was shaped by Scripture. He said, in your hearing, the Scripture is fulfilled. In your hearing, today, it's fulfilled. Uh, That was a bold statement. A powerful statement. He was saying, you want to know what Moses Look forward to in all of the shadows and all of the types of the Old Testament and all of the promises they pointed towards me. Here, standing before you, I'm the fulfillment of Scripture. They had never heard anyone say anything like that before. Jesus was saying, Scripture is fulfilled Today, the poor are going to hear the good news. Jesus was shaped by the prophetic word of the Father. Jesus incarnated Scripture. And he proclaimed this message of liberty, of jubilee, the poor. Somehow... We're so familiar with these words. They sort of lose their meaning. We hear them, but we don't hear them. They're there, but yet, I don't know, a prophet, well, sort of a prophet, had to remind us of familiar words that all of us knew, but we just didn't practice them. He said, You have said in your very own declaration of independence that we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all are created equal. 
And I insist that you either live by your own constitution. They were the words of Martin Luther King Jr. He made us uncomfortable. The establishment. Here's the constitution and here's what it says. Now live up to it. That's what Jesus was doing. He went into the synagogue and said, here is what Israel is about. Good news for the poor. Is the church shaped and molded by the word? There ought to be a compassion in our hearts for the poor. For the poor in third world countries. For the poor in our own nation. Now, I'm not talking about a hand out. I'm talking about a hand up. There's a difference. A hand up is when you don't just give somebody something and they're dependent on you. But you, you teach the illiterate how to read. You help people to make a living. You help them to get out of that terrible cycle of poverty. It's time the evangelical, charismatic, Pentecostal church would be concerned about the social needs and the social problems of our society. Institutions can oppress and keep people in that terrible plight of poverty. Jesus came to preach to the poor. Uh, freedom for prisoners. Uh, there's all types of prisoners. People are prisoners to their greed. Uh, they're prisoners to their desires. They're, they're locked in the prison of their own selfish ambitions. And Jesus said, I've come to set people free from the prison house of sin. And that's the worst type of prison. He speaks further and says, recovery of sight to the blind. We, we've seen Jesus free people like Zacchaeus from the love of money. Uh, we've watched him heal men like blind Bartimaeus who cries out, Son of David! Son of David! There, in chapter 9 of the Gospel of St. John, uh, was a blind man whom Jesus healed. And Jesus gave the discourse on spiritual blindness. We know there's physical blindness, but we know there's spiritual blindness. Every one of us who sings amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. We know what it is to have our eyes open to see the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Released to the oppressed, people oppressed by the powers of darkness can't seem to ever get where they should be and be what they want to be. And they feel the strong powers of darkness holding them down, oppressing them, keeping them from being all that God intended them to be. Jesus says, I'm here to pronounce jubilee, liberation, freedom 
Huh. Uh, that got them excited. I, that was a good message. But the community of faith has to be shaped by the Scripture. Well, let's look at the Scripture through our culture. No, no. Let's look at the Scripture through the Spirit of God. Let's not just try and create a church where we're simply comfortable in. Would Jesus be comfortable in our church? Would He feel at home in our assembly? Does the Scripture shape our lives, influence us? Uh, do we make our decisions from a biblical worldview? Are we shaped by the Word of God? What happens is, is Jesus is pushing them at this moment. See, Israel felt exclusive. They felt like, uh, we're the children of Abraham. Uh, uh, we know this hometown boy. Uh, Jesus is going to say, um, there's no favorites. No. Whoever does the will of God is the same as my mother, my brothers, my sisters, my, my family. Well, I, I grew up in the church. You grew up in the church, but you still need the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse you. Uh, whether you grew up on Skid Road or you grew up in the sound of the chapel bells of a church, it doesn't matter. You're still saved by one way alone, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And Jesus was trying to wake them up and say, be shaped by my word, shaped by the scriptures. Yes. A, little, a little girl, a six-year-old girl, goes up to her daddy. He's typing away at the computer doing an important report. And this child says, Daddy, Mommy sent me. Well, what does she send you for? Well, she said that you'd give me a hug and a kiss before I go to sleep. Quickly, he turns around, hugs her, kisses her. All right, honey, go up to sleep. A few moments later, he senses her still there. He said, sweetheart, why didn't you go out to bed? Well, daddy, I want a hug and kiss her. I gave you a hug and a kiss. No, 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 daddy. You weren't in it. We can worship, but are we in it? We can know the scriptures, but are we in it? We can give in the offering, but are we in it? See, that's what Jesus wants. He wants us to be shaped by the Word, transformed by the Word, molded by the Word. Jesus got to meddling. I don't know how it happened, at what point it happened, but they began to think, isn't this Joseph's son? Don't we know him? Don't we know him? All of a sudden, there's a furious rejection. In verse 48, all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town. They took him to the brow of the hill of the town, was built in order 
throw him down the cleft. The Gospels are grand central station for learning about Jesus, which is the single most important part of our lives as Christians. Please join us each day as Pastor Ed teaches through the Gospel of Luke. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith.